so, first episode, Midwinter Podcast. I'm Nicholas Leon, and my co-founder, I guess some would say, is... Mitchell Bach. And kind of came up with the idea to Mitch about starting a podcast. This is probably his, like, 100th podcast he's been in. A lot of failed attempts. <laughs> a lot of failed attempts. But... No, I approached him because I wanted to create a platform to like welcome young adults uh, or individuals like friends, family that we know um, within Kansas City that, you know, have overcame obstacles that thrive off the small community of Kansas City. Because I've told Mitch, like, one of the biggest mottos in Kansas City is support your locals. But I don't know if you could attest or agree, but no one really does no. <laughs> at the end of the day. Um but no, just kind of going over obstacles and definitely for like young adults that feel lost right now. Um, I'm not saying we're like a therapy session, but definitely don't want them to feel alone or rejected in this crazy society. Because me, I think I've run into some of those points so far. Um, so yeah, this is the Midwinter Podcast, first episode. And I think we'll just start on like how me and Mitch met, I guess. Yeah. Because um... I kind of remember. I don't know if you do. Well, it was orientation at St. Mary's, Roll Spires. Um, and I remember I was walking to... I think we were going to the library. Because it was raining. I, I think it was... No, it was the... I thought it was the nursing building where we were about to go into like a big seminar type. But I was with Jesse. Yeah. That's who I ended up with. But he met you before that, I think. Yeah, because we were at the, uh, not orientation, but it was like a day where you had to go like a month yeah. or weeks prior to like sign up for yeah. stuff. Yeah, I think I just met you there. So I think Jesse introduced me to you. And then I think we just started talking at the place and hanging out, realized we had similar interests, and from there it went. Yeah, and I also remember like, when we did go to the we did go to the nursing building because me, you, I don't know if Jesse was there, but Cece, Coach Brown messaged us on our group chat and said, Hey, where the hell are you guys? You guys need to be with your group. I don't know if you remember that. I don't remember anything. <laughs> and you and Cece looked at me because I was the manager and I was like, We are. And apparently like some teacher failed to like sign us in. So we had to hurry up, leave, go to the library and walk all the way back. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean that's such a Saint Mary thing to do though. Yeah, it's cool as a shit show. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was Yeah. That that place you met a lot of people that you still talk to today, but at the same time it's like I mean it was such a such a small community though. Yeah, it's like a small town where everyone knows everything about everyone. I mean you guys beca- you guys became best friends with the fourth floor like day one in it. Yeah, the with the girls. Yeah. That just walked in your room. <laughs> no, so what happened we we all moved in. I remember I I was the first one there out of our floor or out of our kind of basketball group. I was the first one in and then Parker came in, roommate. Uh and I've met him before that. Luckily, that's like how we decided to room together. And then Elijah walked in. Like, oh, hey, yeah. I'm your sweet mate. And then Luke and Kobe walked in. Like, all right, I guess we're all teammates kind of thing. And we all got settled in. And then that night, Parker and Elijah went into 
find friends and new people and I was just not about it. I was kind of like a dad in the dorm and so I was just hanging out and then I remember like 10 minutes later I get a call from Parker. It's like, hey, you got to come downstairs. We met some people. I was like, all right, well, let's do it. And then, yeah, met some other friends that talked to some today, but... Well, I mean, you also had experience with, like, Mizzou, right? Yeah. So I guess... Because me, I was at Johnson County before. Because I think, yeah, we were both transfers. So, like, your maturity level, I'm sure, at that point was way better. Well, yeah, I, I came from bigger school. I lasted, first of all, a semester at Mizzou. But... I bet that was an experience. Yeah, did the whole frat thing. And I, I, I wouldn't... Looking back, I wouldn't change anything but telling people that I was in a frat I always I like cringe myself out I'm like no one really cares but I, I mean when you go through hazing and stuff you you meet a lot of people and you go through experiences that not a lot of 19 18 year olds going to a school in Leavenworth Kansas can really attest to but it wasn't a frat that uh shut down like multiple times through like 2018 19 uh i mean my frat is not even on campus anymore so then it probably was that one we got suspended when we were there and yeah i mean again wouldn't trade anything but you probably just wouldn't do it again i I, I would not do it again no what was the i think i kind of remember some answers what was the craziest uh initiation thing you did what was your worst favorite or I don't even say favorite. What was the worst and what was your favorite? Like, okay, I, I didn't mind this. this well, the, cool. the favorite one, we got a text from the actives. That's what we called them, the people that weren't pledges. We got a text and said, hey, we're doing our pledges versus active tackle football game. And so we were all excited. They're like, meet at the house at this time. So we go to the house and... Um, we get there all excited and like, all right, you guys got to uh, go on a jog to the football field, which is off campus, but I will lead you. And this is what one of the actors were. Turns out he was in like the ROTC training for Ironman and oh, stuff. Shit. And so he took us on a, like a four mile run mm. nonstop. Just like out of the vibe right there. To the football field. So we were all exhausted while everyone else, you know, drove in cars, was eating food, having a good time. And, but it just pissed us off that we had to do that. So we ended up playing even better. And yeah, I mean, I don't think we won, but we got some hits in that were definitely good, which like felt nice after you get hazed for three months straight, nonstop. Um, Worst though, I mean, God, there's... I mean, me personally, everyone will have different answers no matter who you ask, but like me personally, the worst for me was being a DD on Saturday nights. Was it like the whole like the whole initiation or was it like selected? Like no, random? it's like everyone had to do it and you were the drunk driver for the whole house. And they send, they send your number out at a certain time. And basically if you're in that house, you can call this number instead of paying for an Uber kind of thing. So, like, it's like a free ride, you know? Who doesn't want a free ride? Right. Especially, at, you know, hours at a bar, hammered. 
And but, at that point, gas was so cheap. I'm sure it was nothing for you, you know? Well, I didn't even have my car. Like, I had to use other people's cars. and Wow, but so that's the, even more of a liability right there. It's like, again, I don't mind driving. The part is where you're getting calls nonstop. Like, it's like, it's almost like if, like, you're a celebrity and someone leaks your number type of thing. Mm-hmm. And so people are just going to call you, call you, call you. And then you got people screaming at you. You got people who aren't even in the frat that got the number. Like, where the fuck are you? Yeah, like, where the fuck are you? Like, if you don't pick me up, like, you're kicked out, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, dude. I mean, like, in theory, it's not that bad. But, like, at the time, it's just, like, you just want the night to be over. You're doing it from, like, 8 p.m. to, like, 4 a.m. You got an 8 a.m. the next morning. It's like, yeah, dude, that's... That doesn't sound full fun, especially because they play football too. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Like basketball, football, right? Like those are probably the craziest days, Saturdays. Oh yeah, like game days. Yeah, uh, game days. Yeah, they were pretty crazy. They a lot of people. Yeah, I guess after the game, people would go out, but like during the game or before the game wasn't bad. Usually just like pre-gamed at your house kind of thing, but. Yeah, I don't know. It's, so going from that environment to a school of 2,000 people where you're now the oldest person living in a dorm, yeah, it was a different experience for sure. Yeah, because you were in uh, Maria Hall. I was in yeah. Berkel. Which they told me when I enrolled in Berkel, they were like, oh, you probably won't get it. So many people apply for it. Yeah. And like two years in a row, I either lived by myself or we had half a suite not taken. Yeah. No, yeah, I think I probably, I applied for Berkel too. But I think since I applied with Parker, who's an incoming freshman, it was freshman staying Maria. Yeah. Which was obviously the worst out of the two. But yeah. No, I uh, definitely like out of high school, I thought about going to Mizzou. I think I told you that. Because, yeah. uh, that definitely senior year, I was, like, wanting to get in equipment managing. So I looked in, like, Mizzou because I think they have, like, a Parks and Rec sports management mm-hmm. uh, department. Do they have a nice campus? Oh, they, yeah, no, they got a nice campus. It's a big campus. like Especially the rec center. Like, rec center I think at yeah. the time I toured, they installed one or two, like, dorm buildings and the student rec center had just opened type of deal. Yeah, they read that the rec center was pretty nice. That's actually, like... The rec center is where I decided, like, okay, I want to play basketball again. Because I would just play there every day with guys I met in the pledge. And it turns out they played high school basketball, too. And so we would just play every day. Like, we would – I remember we would play, like, in the football's offseason. We'd play people from the football team and smoke them. Or we'd, we'd even, like, run into older people in the frat. And they would want to play against us, and we'd beat them. And it's like – when you like have actually start having fun with basketball again, that's where you're like, all right, like I can do this again. Kind of reminds me. I don't know why that example reminded me of like after we'd play, you know, we'd probably lose to Apple of like twenty at St. Mary, mm-hmm. and then the football players would come up to us and be like, "Why aren't you handing so and so the ball? Why aren't you guys shooting more threes? Yeah, I mean y'all suck." And it's like, didn't y'all get blown out like yeah, ninety to zero? <laughs> football team. If anyone's listening, I'm sorry. Your team was a fucking joke. Especially ninety to zero, like you didn't even score a field goal. They get clowned by like the softball players, like they gave the softball players confidence to talk shit to the football players. And I just don't. 
coming from a high school where like football and wrestling and basketball is king, going to a school where I don't know what track and field. Yeah, cross country. They just won. I think they won nationals again for like the seventh year. Yeah, that's like the main sport. It's just like I don't know. There's not a lot. I feel like there's not a lot of colleges like that where like the big three sports. I would say you know football, basketball, baseball aren't like the main sport that they focus right. on. But right. um, you're from Kansas City, right? You went to Park Hill South. No, 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 no. Park Hill. Yeah. Oh, just Park. Just Park Hill. Is that the? That's not the purple one, is it? South is the purple one. Park Hill is red and black. Red and black. Yeah. Okay. I think my cousins went to South. Isn't that the? I might be wrong because I don't know this area. Is that the one closest to Argosy? Yeah, it's like by downtown. Yeah. Closer to downtown. Yeah. They went to that one. And the graduation spot they went. I mean, I didn't realize how many kids went to that school. Yeah, I mean. I think our schools, our classes were pretty similar, but I think, like, we had 400, and I think they had around that, too, but it was, like, I don't know. If you went to Park Hill, you hated South, obviously, because you're rivals, but, like, Park Hill did not get the nice facilities, did not get the the views. Like, if you ate, I think if you eat lunch at South, like, there's a big glass window that overlooks downtown, and... I don't know. It's just... So my cousins lied to me. They said that one was like the ghettoest one. No, 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 no. No, no. I mean, granted, I don't talk to them, but at that time, they were like, yeah, ours is like the craziest, the most ghettoest Park Hill out of the... What is there, three? Or is there four? There's only two, Park Hill and Park Hill. If they they spent a day at Park Hill, it would blow their minds. (laughs) Especially hanging around someone like Cecil. Yeah. That funny and that crazy. Cecil is a social butterfly. <laughs> very, very social. Everyone knew her, but in a good way. Dude, it was my ex. She was, like, watching our stream, and, like, the dude said one thing, and she was, like, dying laughing. And a part of me was like, dude, do I tell this dude, like, don't make her laugh? Or is this, like, a good thing? Because it's, like... No. Because <laughs> it's, like, I don't, I don't, like, Cecil's my dog, and I want him to always, like, feel welcomed. Well, the thing <laughs> is, like, he won't even try to be funny, but no. he'll make you laugh. He's naturally so, funny. That's the thing with him. But the funny thing about Cecil is, and he knows this, if you're listening, Cecil, I hated his guts freshman year. Okay, let me ask this. Let me ask this because he always says it. Was he actually fat? Oh, yeah. At one point? Like fat? So I went to Park Hill. Like me or bigger? So it's tough for me because I went to Park Hill like freshman year, obviously. But like a lot of the kids that went to school went through the same grade school system I did not I came from a completely different I went to a Catholic school and most people that went to my school went to St. Pius which was another Catholic high school so I met Cecil freshman year and he wasn't he was actually skinny then but like I remember he showed me like an ID of like 6th grade and it was he was a big boy yeah really yeah he was chunky even at that point when you met him no, when I met him, he was pretty skinny. I think, that, but that's when he started growing. So I think like all his baby fat. Yeah, I think I underestimated his height, especially when I first met him in person at your your guys' house in Leavenworth. Yeah. No, like I mean, it's weird because every time I go out or hang out with like Nick and Cecil or even Jacob now, it's like the shortest person is six six, and. That, that'll turn some heads for sure uh, how do you think I felt hanging around basketball players I was the tallest 
up until like middle school uh-huh. and then i was like the third tallest and then once i went to me age i was short yeah well yeah me age is a different breed when it comes to basketball and football but it's true. i don't know hanging around us i just i figured you might have been used to it just growing oh, up i was yeah. especially as an equipment manager like yeah. i definitely was used to being yeah people just get used to it and but like there's still times where we'll hang out with people that we've seen a lot and it's just us three or four together and we all stand up and they're like holy shit dude <laughs> it's like and i feel bad for him but you know it's the way it works yeah now i went to uh because i always sometimes forget you went to private school for like a bit probably like a blip nine years oh really yeah kindergarten through eighth grade um, i was in public school i mean you probably know this already but majority of or all of my school life, I guess. And then try to go to St. Agnes around 7th grade. St. Agnes? Yeah, it's a private school in Roland Park. Associated okay. with, like, Miege. Oh, okay. Um, trying to think. Sometimes Pembroke, but I don't even know if Pembroke's private. It's just, like, a oh, really, they're really... private. Really? Yeah. They're I just know, like, they're really rich. <laughs> like, that oh, is... Yeah. Usually, that's, like, that's a private school. Yeah. Um... I don't know about your experience, but going from, like, public to private was, I don't want to say difficult, but definitely trying to fit in was hard because everyone, like, grew up together. Public to private or private to public? Oh, I guess, no. For me, it was public to private. Um, But, like, everyone already, like, grew up together. All their families grew up together. Yeah. And, like, people who I thought I was cool with in in the neighborhood definitely were not cool with me in high school. Yeah. And then, so, like, I made friends immediately with, like, the transfers. What's funny is, like, besides my good buddy Francesco, all of us came from, like, Shawnee Mission North, Shawnee Mission East, and it was just because, like, those schools were, I mean, for North, at least, for me, it just, it wasn't helping. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, yeah, going from private to public, I would say, I would say it's easier than going from public to private. Really? Because private, private school, at least my school, it was like we had 55 people in our class. But it was always, I mean, you get some people that move in or some people that move. But like, it was usually those people in that class, you knew from kindergarten to eighth grade. So everyone knew everything about everyone. True. It's like if you hit puberty, you're getting talked about, you know. It's <laughs> like you kiss someone, you're getting talked about. Kind of sounds like our college life. Ask a girl for a pencil in a class and everyone thinks you're sleeping with her. Yeah, exactly, dude. But it was like that and so you, I mean, I don't want to say you like you had to be careful because like, I mean, we're in eighth grade, like in a private school, we're not doing crazy stuff. But like, but like when you go from that into a school where your class is 400 people and you could, I mean, you don't know, I don't know, a fourth of the people there, like. I remember my graduation, there was people walking on stage. I had no idea who they were. Didn't know they were in my class or, like, things like that. And so going from private to public was, I would say, easier than going from public to private. Yeah. Plus, my experience with public was, like, so bad, dude. I had, like, a 1.1 GPA transferring to me age. Jesus Christ. Dude, I was, I, I tell people, and they don't believe me now because of the young adult I am uh, but dude I was a I was a fuck up I was bad and I don't say that proudly but I was bad I mean yeah public school 
I feel like, I mean, I could be wrong here, but I feel like the teachers are on a longer leash, kind of, when it comes to, like, education or, like, caring about the students. It's probably, like, a test field, too. Like, if you want to, not so much, like, you can't get a private school job. Mm -hmm. I wonder for, like, most, it's like, all right, if you can handle this school, public school, no matter what grade. If like, you, yeah, if you yeah. can handle public school, you can handle private school. Yeah, exactly. Public school, like, I feel like you have to worry more about the kids. Like, oh, yeah. if they, you know, act enough or anything. But, but, like, private school, you have to worry about, like, the parents and the money and who's supporting the school and all that stuff. And Dude, like, let me tell you some shit. I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say my class was, like, saints or nor were we really ghetto. Mm-hmm. But eighth grade, I remember this girl, Sarah... She uh, was, like, dating this dude who was, like, in and out of jail all the time. It was a weird, weird time. A lot of the girls that I liked liked dudes who were in and out of jail a mm-hmm. lot. And I don't even remember why, but she, like, confronted this girl. And then I think her name was, like, Desiree. And Sarah was, like, the skinny girl, right? Like, kind of skin and bone. Mm-hmm. All Desiree did was, like, from a distance, all I saw her do was, like, pull one of Sarah's, like, bangs. Mm-hmm. And the next thing I knew, Sarah was on top of her, just smacking her head into the ground. Yeah, dude. This was eighth grade. Yeah. I mean, if we fought in eighth grade at my private school, it was like death row. You know, it's like <laughs> you're kicked out. So no, I mean, no one even, even thought of it. It was just, I don't know. Had a teacher lay hands on a student once in eighth grade? That happened. Yeah, that, that would not fly. Yeah, no, it wouldn't. We all like went to the principal thinking we were going to get her fired and she was still there, like the whole semester yeah I mean I don't know dude private school I think a lot of private schoolers are just they're I mean I don't know because like I always tell my brother my brother at one point wanted to go to public school like north mm-hmm. but because they go by boundaries I'm like dude you're gonna go to like Wyandotte schools yeah like Harmon like those aren't nice schools yeah but what I realized was like definitely when it came to people wanting to fight in school private schools is more like talk you know or you had someone that i'm not going to mention but a lot of people know who i'm talking about they're listening like he dropped a diss song about one of my old buddies luke and he was like saying how he was going to like bring a shotgun and like shoot him and like chainsaw him but like everyone knew he was just like dude that's just talk and luke wanted to get down in school but like you kind of couldn't because if you got down in the age Especially if you have family history that goes there, you're kind of blacklisted. Yeah. But definitely I like parties. Parties is where I saw a lot of people throw down, and it shocked me. Because it was like, either that was really scary to witness, or it was like, damn, you're quiet in school. Like, I didn't think you had it in you to fight like that. Yeah, I mean, I totally get that. Private school, I was kind of saying, like, again, like, if you fought, like, I never saw a fight, because... One, I don't think anyone knew how. I think everyone was scared of each other. Like, if you heard something bad about yourself, then, like, you're just, you know, you're not going to do anything. But still think it's funny people wanted me and Wells to box. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I kinda Diego, Diego making that, like, pay-per-view, like, weight yeah, class. That's hilarious. <laughs> that was kind of funny. Yeah. No. Now it's easier to laugh about, but I remember in that time. I mean, even in that time, I was like, this is stupid. What even <laughs> happened? You guys were just talking about each other. Dude, okay, so, like, obviously, I'm not, like, we're not talking about this, like, talk shit. It's just, like, a funny story. But I remember, this is what I remember from my view. 
and maybe you can agree or disagree on some parts you may or may not remember. JV just played Highland. You guys just played Highland. Mm, and yeah. I think you guys still lost, but it was like Wells' like first game. And he dropped – and he shot like two or three threes in a row. Yeah, it was the first game of the year. Yeah, and I remember we were in like the group chat, and I forgot who I was with. I was with, uh, I think R- I was with RJ and Taj. Yeah, because I you, forgot about you weren't games. on the bus. No. Yeah. And I didn't start helping Isaac till like later down the road. Yeah. But I remember like Baker Mayfield and the Browns were being talked about because I think that's who he was playing with at that time, and then everyone was like congratulating JV players and I think LeVar started poking at Parker a little bit and then Parker brought in obviously like what happened during the game like you know him dropping three threes or having 12 points mm-hmm. in like yeah. three minutes or something and then LeVar started like saying mama jokes yeah <laughs> and then I think I made like one mom joke or like Parker said something to me and it made me go uh, like Oh, I think you said, like, do my laundry, bitch, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and, you know, it's not the first time I heard that. So I was like, whatever. And I think I said, yeah, and I'll do your mom's laundry, too. Yeah. And then, like, he's going to ignore everyone else, but then he's just going to attack me. Yeah. That's why I was like, what is happening? Because then he only started coming at me. And, like, LeVar was going, Diego was going, and I was like, dude, what is happening? I was like, I wasn't the only one that did this. Yeah, I remember sitting in the bus because I was... I don't know, I was just hanging out. Obviously, I think it was, like, me and Kobe were just, like, laughing about what's going on. And then we were, we were about home when Parker really started to get mad. And it's funny because if you talk to Parker now about this stuff, he'll, like... Oh, dude, he hates talking he'll about He'll get, it like, now. embarrassed because he, uh, he was a wild one. <laughs> but I remember we were just sitting there, and I'm his roommate, so I, you know, got to walk back with them, see what's going to happen, and... We get there and like everyone gets all settled in and Parker's not really talking to anyone, which is weird because he's usually talking a lot and then like starts to pop off a little more and then you guys like talk about like fighting or something. Yeah, because he told me to meet him in your room because yeah. we were both going to go because at that time the basement was like not open yeah. or it was like being renovated. Yeah, and then... And you didn't show up to our room first. No, because when I showed up, I think you guys went to the fourth floor real quick. Because when I met Parker at your room, it was only him at that time. Yeah. Well, the thing is, you didn't show up first, but like a lot of teammates started showing up yeah. for, to my room. And I was like, dude, what? Like, I think LeVar stopped door dashing <laughs> just to show up. So did uh, RJ. RJ stopped too. Because RJ showed up, and I don't know. I was just like, oh, my God, everyone's in the room. With like, what, what is going on? Like, and I think what was funny was that, like, Luke was instigating. Oh, yeah. He's, and then he knows I it. think you realized how stupid this was. Because I was, like, looking at you, and I was like, dude, this is dumb. Like, I don't yeah. want to fight this dude. And I think <laughs> it makes me laugh. And Because I remember you, like, put your arm in front of him. And you were like, Parker, like, relax, dude. And he, like, shoved your arm back into you and said, like, get the fuck off me. And you, like, looked at him and he said, all right, you know what, Nick? He's all yours. <laughs> no, I don't know that. Yeah, I mean, 
with my position being his roommate, I was not even just Parker, but like Elijah and anyone else. But like being the oldest one in that dorm, and I don't know. I just felt like I had to watch over people more than I would. I would have fun and hang out, but like I was, I was almost the dad of the group. Yeah, I, they would admit that. But like, and you were probably like the second or third oldest person there compared yeah. to like the football players. Yeah, no, for sure. And Parker especially, like, I felt like I took him under my wing or would try to. Yeah. And so I, I always tried to look out for him. But then when he would come at me, I was like, all right, dude. You know, you, you kind of, you did it to yourself. Whatever decision you made, you got to kind of take it on the chin. So I was, I was, at first I wasn't cool with it. But, yeah, when he pushed my hand down, I was like, you know what, dude, go get your ass beat. Um, yeah, that was such a stupid night, like. And then we chased him down at Home Depot. Yeah, dude. It was like, <laughs> we, it was everyone like a convoy. Up deep. It was dude. weird. That at that point, I was like, All right, "What are we doing?" Yeah. I think I don't, I don't even think why I don't even know why I went. I just I think I went just to make sure, like, all right, it's my roommate. If he gets in trouble, then I'm probably gonna get in trouble. So like, I gotta actually see what happens, tell my side of the story. But yeah, that was well, shit. Well, like, before we go back on topic, you've had some crazy experiences, Maria, though, because I remember you guys overheard or saw, like, someone's face glitch, face get slashed. Yeah, I mean, that Maria top floor was wild, but we shared it with the football players, and uh, we were all hanging out in our room, I think, and we hear all this yelling outside, and which yeah. wasn't out of the ordinary by any means but it like it was definitely fighting words and so we're like alright let's go check this out and you know you got two guys one I remember one was in like a lot of our sport management classes but you got two guys in the hallway fighting and one who the guy that was in our class never really hung out with a lot of people you could kind of tell and I think they were roommates like just kind of forced together and they got in an argument and this guy I guess was about that life from Florida and uh, he pulled out a knife on the dude and so we all got a little scared but I remember there was this baseball player up there and he went over to him with a baseball bat and he was huge and he threatened to beat his ass and I think they like got a hold of him and he got kicked out. I think the other dude got kicked out too, which sucked because I don't really think he did anything. But yeah, because I was gonna say the dude whose face got cut got kicked out somehow. I think it was just like instigating a fight. Uh, I because I think St. Mary's. I think they're pretty serious about fights and stuff. But you just they try, never. They try to be. Yeah, you just never really saw it. But I think obviously you know football players are gonna videotape that, and I think that's how it got out. But yeah, it was. That top floor, a lot of stuff happened. Yeah. So, like, uh, going back to, like, high school and stuff, do you, did you have, like, a lot of friends, like, around that time? Like, when I got to high school? Like, you know, your journey through middle school and then high school. So, I, I had, in middle school, I had a good friend group, I would say. There was, like, four of us. And the three of them were all going to St. Pius. And... It sucked because I was, I don't know, I knew it probably wouldn't be as close once we all got to high school, just the way it works, but I was pretty open-minded, and when I got to 
high school, I knew two guys from my grade school that were going to Park Hill. And I wasn't really close with them. Um, too, too, too close, I guess, but I knew them. And I had one friend there that I knew from basketball and football when I played, and it was Gabe. And so I hung out with him a lot. And then kind of as the years went on, you know, uh, you meet you meet people. But the two guys that actually came from my grade school were still some of my best friends today. And coming out of high school, because it just turns out we actually had a lot in common. We hung out a lot together. And I don't know. It was just how it worked. It just took four years to figure it out kind of thing. But Yeah, I don't know how, like, obviously not so much how you were raised, but my parents always told me, because there's a point where like, uh, definitely middle school too, where like, I thought friendships were like the thing, mm-hmm. right? Like being in the cool group mattered, being, you like know, being this like, popular. yeah, like being popular mattered. Cause like eighth grade, like nothing to brag about, obviously, like it's gonna sound stupid, but it was like the peak and the downfall of like popularity. Yeah, yeah. You know, and like my parents always told me around that time, like, you're not going to talk to any of these kids. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they're not really your friends. And it's like, holy shit. Like, out of like 10, I probably still talk to like two. Yeah. You know, even one not even being my ex. Like, yeah. three. No, I, think yeah. that, I always thought that's funny because it's like my brother's kind of going through that in high school. And it's just hard to like convince, you know, even if we were to talk to our, like our younger selves, like, we still probably be like, yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, no, exactly. I think of it like popularity, like, yeah, eighth grade was probably a big time for it, but like in the private school with like less people, like there was definitely like a food chain. Yeah. And it was like if you had a good fucking puberty and you glowed up, you probably were popular. But yeah. if you, I don't know. I'm looking back at it, it's terrible because... I mean, I wasn't a perfect person, and at that point, I I just kind of followed. I wasn't a leader by any means, but like, yeah, same. I would just kind of follow people, and some of the people I followed weren't the best, and like definitely some bullies, but... See, I, like mine wasn't, I don't know if they were bullies, but the group that I was in was definitely, that's funny, like some claimed that they were in like gangs, right mm, yeah and then some like would just get suspended over stupid shit and, like bringing a baggie of weed to class and fully opening it during class like those are the type of people I thought were like friends yeah you know and then same ones like getting suspended yeah, you know dude. me me getting in trouble with them you know and like looking back on it I'm just like dude, that's so much wasted time like that's just so stupid that's why like that's why I'm glad I went to public school for high school because it was almost like a like a reset like okay eighth grade you were like you know you were a guy everyone knew and sure I was tall so that helps like okay you're the tallest in the grade that's like cool it's like uh, you hung out with people that were pretty popular cool but when you get to high school where it's 400 people you're almost, I don't know, I was definitely, like, I'm, I was scared my first day of high school. Like, I remember my first class of the day. I Like the movies? Yeah, dude, it felt just like that. Because I walk in, and there's just, like, 
it's like a stampede of people just running through the hallways and I remember I went to my first class like 30 minutes early like in the morning because I just no I just did not want to be in those hallways and I didn't know anyone and I walked into the class and the teacher was like well you're early and I was like yeah it's you care if I hang out in here for a little bit? It's like, like first day, dude. Yeah. It's like, I'm not from this school system. And he's like, yeah, you're good. But yeah, I mean, but yeah, once you get to like high school, the popularity stuff. That Did you guys, uh, let me think. Because I think it started my sophomore year. Did you guys get into laptops like your sophomore year of high school or before that? Uh, we definitely got laptops. I think it was junior year. Oh, really? Yeah, junior year. Because yeah. my sister was, when I was a freshman, she was a junior. And I actually talked about this the other day with her, but she said when she was in high school, she didn't get any laptops. And so I know I did before my senior year, so I think junior yeah. year is when I got it. Once I think once we went to laptops, I think that was definitely another moment where I was like, dude, I got to get out of here. Because like, the teachers weren't really, unless you were like in English, mm-hmm. they weren't really teaching you it was like you came in all right here's the website here's the two tasks and you have hour and a half or 45 minutes to do it yeah you know instead of being like all right like let's all do this together so you know what you're doing and then definitely the tests screwed up because it was like they depended on you with the laptops to do your work but we were like on youtube playing minecraft five nights after you know we were doing all that like what didn't help too is that all the shiny vision schools were like all database linked mm-hmm. so like kind of a funny story like i was an rotc right and i wasn't one of those like weird like i'm a future general yeah or like i wanted to be in the marines but i was just like i was doing it just because it was easy and fun mm-hmm. it was an easy a overall but someone from rotc that went to northwest was like oh, I can message you guys. And we were like, no way. And he pulled out his laptop because all the Shiny Mission schools got it the same year. Mm-hmm. And once we found out, we can message people from like Shiny Mission Northwest, East, West, South, even Mill Valley. Mm-hmm. Like it was a wrap. Like we were all in like so many group chats and stuff and like knew yeah. what we were all doing. That's interesting because yeah, we didn't really use it to like text or anything or like talk to people. We would just use it more so like Oh my god, the amount of movies yeah. you'd watch and And they'd be like, Don't try to like go on Facebook, we'll find out and it'll take like yeah some kid in band to like break the firewall. Yeah, the amount of like one that was like when one, two, three movies was huge and Yeah. I don't know, it was I I didn't mind the laptops, like I can do work on laptops, but the things I didn't like was like math. Because when it comes to like math I, I have to be like writing it down right. like I just can't do it like on a computer looking at it and typing it yeah I can't do that right and I also I also couldn't do like when people would type their notes out on like laptops and so like I gotta write that down but yeah um so you've been I want to say on your own because you're you have a roommate mm-hmm. How, how's that been like for you so far how's like life after college been let's let's go with that uh, it's not what they make it in the movies. I'll say yeah, that because I think both of our experiences have been either the same in some form or fashion, but like very different. Yeah, I mean, I can either say, or I, I guess I can blame it on myself, or I can blame it on 
the route I took, I guess, but like there's I'll say to sum it up, I haven't gotten the like a dream job that they make it out to seem. Like once you graduate, oh here's a job for you, you know? But it's like I'm sure if I was getting my major in education I would have got a teaching job right off the bat. Yeah. Or if I would have studied nursing, I would have got a nursing job. But yeah. it's like, we're both sport management majors, and... I got a career in it at the beginning, like you yeah, did. Yeah, you did. I mean, I guess technically I'm in it, but it, well, yeah, yeah. it's not... I like, didn't mean it like that, but I just meant, like, no, that professional no. aspect, I guess. It's not, like, what you tell people is yeah. that kind of thing. But I don't know. It's... It's... It's been a learning curve, I guess I would say. Yeah. It's, yeah. Again, like, I was just kind of, I was always brought up, especially in private school, where it's like, you go to class, you get good grades, you graduate, you get a job. That's like, that's how everyone talked it up to be, and I don't know, I, I don't think it's fair for students now, especially, who don't know that. Right. To kind of walk into it, because no one ever told me that. I was going to walk in. And I, I, I don't think it's on me because I don't think I did anything wrong. Like, I got good grades. I got good internships. I did all that. But I don't know. Sport management, it's difficult because it also could be just, like, the city you're in. Yeah, which is, which is like, um, again, like, what I'm trying to fix. Or not fix, but, yeah. like, solve, right? True. Because it's like, you. Ma- I mean, you made a good point. Like, if you got a degree in education you'd probably be teaching somewhere around here like immediately yeah and it's like because they have those pipelines and those like resources yeah well like for sports management it's kind of hard to say like we didn't because we still had like a professor like Vandernate mm-hmm. but the fact that like majority of the people we were in class with had like this false I mean a lot of athletes there they had like this false dream or expectation of like Oh man, I've been playing football for like five years. Mm-hmm. You know, I went from D two to here, and like I'm gonna make it to the league. And you know, my experience as an NFLPA scout is like not so much. It's impossible for like people in NAI to get scouted, mm-hmm. um, but you just gotta come with the realization like that's probably not gonna happen. You know, um, but definitely when it comes to resources, it's like. We didn't have anything that really helped us connect with individuals, you know. And like we were told to do LinkedIn, but I hate that. Dude, it's so it's so it's you know it's for large organizations. Like for college students, like we're nobody. LinkedIn is for people that are studying like accounting and stuff like that. Right. Uh, I think part of it is also that yes, I got a degree, but I also got a degree in the most broad field of study you could it's like everyone always says the good part about sport management is there's lots of jobs the bad part about graduating with sport management is like you're not you're not an expert or like you don't specialize in any field right kind of like a focus yeah like education you could have a specialty in like history or math or like yeah because Kemper got a math exactly one but like in sport management it's like okay you get taught the basics all up until when you graduate 
like hell what are those five P's shit. Oh yeah. Like you learn that every year, even as a senior, and it's like I don't know. I guess that's where the it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. And that applies a lot to sport management. Right. What you get is something that I'm hoping my platform fixes. Yeah, for. exactly. Like, we shouldn't really de- fully depend on, like, the advisors, right? Like, we should be able to have access to, you know, pick a brain off someone that's in the industry when we want to work in. Yeah. And, like, hey, like, want to meet over coffee? You're like, hey, I'm kind of stuck. Like, what do I do here? Because that's what Vandernate helped me with was, like, the first thing he told us as a class was, like, you need a good resume. And yeah. then, like, once I started interning for him, he, like, broke down the whole process of, like, once you start interning, then you just got to keep interning, right, until you're given chances. And the same thing with, like, the Monarchs. But that experience was a whole lot different because as interns, we were damn near full-time mm-hmm. just because we are always at the stadium. Um, but, no, like, you're definitely not the only one, you know? Like, I talked to like Josh Robinson I don't mm-hmm. remember him yeah and Dante uh, Dante has an interesting job at Amazon he was like telling me how he gets paid like once a month really yeah and I was like oh you're making good money though and he's like nah man <laughs> he's like Amazon does not like pay me that yeah it's a, I mean that's the problem with sport management it's like most people that graduate with sport management don't end up working in sport management and I mean I guess my path I'm on right now is like I'm like, I am pushing it to, like, the last limit of working in sport management. Like, I'm on, like, the last leg of, like, trying it. and But, like, that's the one thing. I, I wouldn't change a lot about college, but right. there's one thing I would go back in is I'd probably change my major to something that would give me a, a job that I would feel comfortable with and that was steady. Could you not use your graphic design? As, like, a skill for the degree? Oh, yeah, it's on the resume. It's on the resume. And still, no one... No, I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, graphic design, that's even... That's almost even harder to get yeah. a job in. So, yeah, they look for specific stuff. But, yeah, I mean... I, I say this like I'm fucking 36 years old, though. Well, I think... I think uh, <laughs> again, a lot of comments we have is, like, I think we've been through some stuff on our own to where it makes us feel older yeah. than what we are yeah. mentally 100%. more than anything. Yeah. Um, which I guess could go into like, what are the two obstacles you've like dealt with as an individual? And like, did you overcome them? If you did, how? Or is there one you're still trying to get over? That's a good question. Um, I mean, just like in life or like a Job. It could be it could be anything. Like I, I guess I could give examples. I think one, I mean, it could be a two parter. One is definitely like me leaving, uh, you know, sporting, mm-hmm. while <laughs> getting over a five six month breakup three days before that. Like yeah. all that happened in one week, right? And dude, talk about some roller coaster emotions, like. That I think I'm just now getting over the breakup, but going through all of that was emotionally draining and spiritually yeah. draining. Like, no, yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, but definitely, I guess one I did get over was uh, kind of fixing my life like at an early point. 
Yeah. Because there was a point in sophomore year where uh, we were, like, taking an art final. This is a week of finals. I was going through, like, a mental breakdown. Like, I was, like, finally, like, expressing that at that point I was having, like, severe anxiety. I felt, like, stressed for some reason. And I was, like, dealing with depression, right? Yeah. And, like, me, I dealt with eczema my whole life. So my entire face, dude was like dry Sorry, I used to have that yeah and like it was, it was so bad to where like when I'd wake up like the next morning my eyes would be sealed shut because yeah. of how dry they were mm-hmm. so like I was going through that and I think I just hit a point to where uh, I was like in this art final and I just like looked around right and I was just like dude what am I doing yeah like I have a 1.12 GPA I want to join the Marines probably can't do that and my options was like Go to Horizons. (laughs) Well, yeah, like, the Marines, obviously, but, like, my options, especially in the household, was, like, my mom was wanting to, like, kick me out. Mm -hmm. Uh, I go to Horizons, which for Shining Mission Schools is, like, juvie, you know, high school, juvie for high schools, and just, like, being homeless, right? Yeah. And there's only two people I approach this about, one being my buddy David, who works at Johnson County, and another guy, uh, day on who we're still talking every now and then and I remember it was like lunchtime and I like went up to both of them individually and I was like dude like I gotta get out of here like the people I'm hanging around with aren't doing anything I don't even know what I'm doing like I gotta fix my life like I feel lost right now and both of them dude were like dude do it like get out of here especially day on because we hung around the same people and he didn't really diss himself, but he was like, dude, we hang around people that aren't going anywhere. Yeah. You know, like, they think all this shit they're doing, being in gangs and going in and out of jail is cool. Like, dude, we're about to graduate. Like, that shit's not, not cool. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget, like, I had my grandma come pick me up during finals. I didn't take the rest of my finals at all that day. I, like, went into my coding class, and he, like, said his speech, and he goes, all right, you guys can start. I wrote, like, one line of code looked at him and I was like yeah I'm not doing this I was like I can't do this and he ended up giving me like a C because I was just like I, I gotta like I'm dealing with some shit like I can't do this yeah and uh, we were like my grandma picked me up and she was like driving me home and uh, my dad came up to my room later that day because I like took a nap so he like came into my room and he had like a file with him and I was like, oh, shit. Like, I wonder mm-hmm. what this is. And he was like, so how do you think this year went for you? And I don't remember crying, but I just remember being like, Dad, I got to go to Bishop Age. Like, mm-hmm. it's a done deal. Like, I don't care what I have to do. I'll do it. I can't go back to Shawnee Mission North. Like, yeah. I just can't. And he, like, looked at me, and he, like, started chuckling. And I'm, like, looking at him like what are you chuckling about? Like my suffering brings you enjoyment. And he kind of was like, or not kind of, he basically was just like, that's what I came to talk to you about was that we're just going to transfer you and just go through this process. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh sweet. And that was an interesting process itself because I had to get interviewed from all like the the detentions and ISS I had and all that. But that was definitely an obstacle that me personally, that I mean, that's just a small example of a battle that we do with as individuals, right? Yeah. Like, especially the older generation, they say we don't have anything to be sad over or, you know, complain about. And it's like, dude, I kept that inside for so long. 
Yeah, it's like I hate it when people say that. It's because like yeah, I'm sure you went you went through some tough shit. You know, times weren't as advanced. You might have been fucking working your ass off in a union, but it's like, dude, just because I'm not in the fucking union doesn't mean I'm not going through fucking shit at work or at home or like I hate it when people say that. Like especially my job at a golf course, especially during like weekdays, you check in a lot of old golfers, like retired golfers. Yeah. And they're just like, I don't know. I, I think that, because I, I do go through some shit. Everyone does. but right. like, And sometimes I'll complain about my job. And I had a guy the other day, and he like, he reality checked me pretty hard. He was like... Worker or... Uh, just, a, just a golfer. And he was like, uh, he was like, you're doing all right? And I was like, yeah, I'm all right. I'm just like a little tired. It was early in the morning. He's like... And he's like, all right, all right. He's like, how are you liking your job? And he's like, I'm like, it's all right. And I got, I mean, I've been fucked over a few times at that job. So, like, my my motivation level has gone down. Let's just say that. Right. And he and he kind of looked at me and he was like, he's like, how old are you? I was like, I'm 23 at the time. And he's like, well, my grandson is 22 and he's about to get deployed. He was like, you're 23 and you work at a golf course. He's like, is life really that bad? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was like, just go fucking golf, dude. I was like, I get it. He's <laughs> like, dude, let me fucking mope around. I was like, I, I get it, dude. <laughs> I, all right, I needed that. but So like, I, I do complain a lot about it sometimes, maybe too much. But at, at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, it's not paying like a fucking nurse or a doctor but it's like yeah so do you think you're like honestly struggling is the word I think that's a strong word do you think you're still exploring like where you fit or like what your purpose is type of deal yes yes I would say yeah because like at the golf course I know what my purpose is like but I think we both know you can run a fucking golf course yeah like, that's that, that's the thing that always gets me there is cause like I know I could run a golf course and I know I could manage employees and actually be a good manager and that's like the type of thing and so like there's been a lot of times where I've wanted to quit the job and explore other options or just move out of the kind of sporting or even just golfing industry but the reason I don't is because there's another golf course in Kansas City that I used to work at in high school Mm -hmm. Or not high school and college. And um, I trained a kid there when I was working. I was like fourth in line in command. So I was like kind of, I was doing all right. I was trusted there. And I trained a kid there. And he was a senior in high school. Fast forward to last year, the kid is now running the golf course himself. No shit. Yeah. And I trained him. I'm older than him, more experienced, all that stuff. And so that's why I'm like, yeah, God, just anything could happen. Like maybe I quit too soon at that course. It's like I don't want to quit too soon now because, like, who knows? Both managers could quit, and uh, I might, I could get moved to a course. Who knows? But that's why it's like I struggle mentally more than I do spiritually. Spiritually, or like just like in reality I guess like I'm not doing too bad 
compared to other people our age and um, I'm lucky I'm in a position where I can even have a job or yeah because I think we both know a, a shitty like even though you just acknowledge you deal with it I mean I always express how I mean I talked with my parents a couple weeks ago my mom was like they're probably gonna hate me for saying this but I'm almost like are you happy oh, and I was like based off the conversation one I was already kind of like frustrated mm-hmm. but I was like no one's ever really happy no and my dad didn't really like that he didn't get mad but he was just like he called he said that I was like a glass half full type of person and I mean I, I agree glass half empty yeah yeah but it's like I'm not saying I'm not happy like there's definitely times where I'm like oh dude this is like the moment is what I'm happy in right yeah but it's like kind of like what I said like we we're not satisfied and just because people on the outside parents friends family are like oh dude you're in a good position you should be happy and it's like yeah but i'm not and I, i'm not okay with this you know what i mean yeah and i think that's because going back to it where it's like when when you get out of school you're like expecting these things to happen like you're expecting to get your dream job you're expecting to get a freaking like wife in college and get a house and all this stuff and then you see people that can do it you know people that are living that life and then it's like well I was promised this I finished school I got the good grades and I don't have all that and right. so it's like like thoughts like that can always wear on you and well I mean, it definitely doesn't help that I always tell my parents uh, it's a generation battle it right? is because you run into the few lucky ones like I have like Vandernate Jay Really, a majority of the people at the Monarchs, but I think it's because they're such an independent baseball league. They thrive mm-hmm. off, like, the fresh minds. But, you know, like, the two individuals that hired me, my former manager and director, they both don't work at that place anymore. You know, when I interviewed, I was being told things like, we need someone like you. Yeah. You know, like, we need your experience. Your experience matters. And when I go there, it's like the complete opposite. Yeah. Like, you don't know anything, you know? Like, basically, like, holding my hand. And it's like, I struggled with the fact, and my dad calls it impatient, but I struggled with the fact that, like, I had all this experience working three and a half, four internships and jobs just to get my dream job, which, you know, I'm still thankful for, regardless how it turned out. Great, you know, opportunity. You have great relationships with people. Um but it was like I had to restart yeah. and to me I'm like then what's the point of all this experience that I just went through if I have to restart yeah exactly um, so I think that's something a lot of people struggle in it's not even just like sports in general it's just like any job really like I applied to jobs where people were telling me like oh go apply they need workers and then they interview yeah. me three times and then get told oh you're not fit for any of these positions and it's like okay so then you don't really need workers then you just want someone with this experience yeah and that's like my last thing is like I do complain sometimes like I'm not perfect I'm guilty of it but I complain that maybe my job isn't or my position at my job isn't what I want and then it's like my mom's very supportive as well and she'll like send me jobs that maybe she thinks I'll like but they're not in the sports field. And that's like what I want to do. And I'm sure if I applied to someone, I might get a call back or interview. And But it's like, I have the opportunity, luckily, 
with going to school. I would like to think so that I could get a better job, just not what I want to do. Right. And like I, I don't know. You always hear horror stories of people that work at a job their whole life and they hate it, and it's like that's not what I want to do. Yeah. And that's why, like, uh, especially the society we live in. That's why, like, I kind of focused on like starting my own business. Yeah. Right. Because especially like again in today's society the more i explored starting your own business area mm-hmm. the more i realized like the more success if you just keep going yeah you know what i mean like no one's telling you don't do it like you can't do it and just even talking to my buddy francesco he like works with a bank and he was like telling me how in colorado a lot of people a lot of people are starting their own like LLCs yeah. and all this stuff and he goes dude like the crazy part is he's like 95% of them are all profitable yeah. and they're not even huge he's like it's the fact that people are realizing like man I went to school for this this is great you know whether it's my experience or your experience at the end of the day they found something else like oh dude this is it and I think part of it is like if you're working for someone and say you're not as worried as like letting them down especially like if you have a boss like you don't respect or but it's like if you're if you're your own boss if you let yourself down you're like you don't want to you don't want to like throw away your dream of being your own boss and throwing away a company idea right that's like a part of it in my mind but it's a it's a crazy uh, journey out here though especially that's why I asked about living alone because I wasn't sure if like your parents were ever like uh, like don't rush into it oh they definitely told me yeah Uh, I've wanted to for a while but well shit ever since I met you that's all you ever talked about (laughs) yeah I I just always wanted to I don't know it doesn't help I had an uncle that literally lived at his mom's house until he was 40 yeah and that was like when you see it every year you're just like oh god like what if that turns into me and like dude that's that's something i fucking that's what pushes me and that's what pushed me in college was because i had family you know of all ages after 23 yeah still living with their parents regardless like of well it's not even after 23 it's like after 30 after 30 well that's my point is like, like you know my dad's brother who's like 42 yeah still living with my grandma and i'm like dude what are we like what are we doing here yeah like, you know I, what i mean yeah i can't and that was one of my big motivators and mostly it's not that i wanted to see if i could but it's like i wanted to see how i could handle it living by my and i've done it before yeah but i wanted to see out of college how i could handle it not living in Leavenworth where rent was fucking 270 and seeing how I can actually handle living in a real apartment and a good city and yeah that's kind of what I wanted to do yeah that was something that like uh, you know like when me and my ex broke up that was like one of the things she I want to say informed me or recommended she was just like on the night she spilled her reasons of breaking up, she was like, you know, you need to experience some independency. Yeah. You need to move out. And that shit claws at me because I'm like, fuck, dude. Like, I don't even know if I want to get into another relationship because I don't even have my own room. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's a thing for sure. I mean, women should not be the only reason you want to move out of the house, though. Like, I feel like I know some people like that that want to get their own place just so they can have the privacy or just like flex almost on girls like yeah I have my own <laughs> apartments like and oh, we, this, we know some people like that yeah but like at this age it's like it's not crazy to live at home like a lot of my all my best friends still live at home dude I saw a stat on like a news channel I don't know if it was Kansas City that like 28 or 38 percent of young adults like 23 to 27 yeah have moved back home to save money the housing market sucks to be fair but Apartment prices also kind of suck. Oh, there! I think apartment prices are about to fucking. We're about to look like Denver. Yeah. So that's. I mean, there's a lot of reasons, and I mean, hell, like living at home. There's definitely more pros and than cons from a selfish standpoint, like food and. I mean, the home space. Space, like. Yeah, I mean. It's there's pros and cons, but. I mean, you already experienced mine, like when we used to game a lot here in the TV, right? Yeah. <laughs> right next to me. That's true. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously to be on the person, there's just lots of different benefits that you can think of. Yeah. But I ain't gonna lie, you know what is one uh, one of uh, I don't wanna say regrets, but one that I was like, fuck, if only we would have just done this sooner was joining esports. Yeah, that was pretty fun. Dude, that was a real, especially during COVID. Mm-hmm. Like that shit helped us carry on more than quarantining every other week for basketball. Yeah, I guess it was after COVID when that kind of happened. Cuz I remember cuz you used to play a lot at that time when I was when it was more fun, I'll say from my experience. Yeah, it's just not fun. Anymore. No, it's really not. But I still play it and enjoy the suffering nonetheless. Yeah. Um, because I remember, I think we were playing just one day, and I was like, "Dude, like, what if we started an Apex team?" Yeah. And then I think you're just like, "Yeah, fuck it. Like, <laughs> we're in hotels. Like, why not?" And then the coach coincidentally was like, "Oh yeah, we already have a team signed up. You guys could be the second team." And I think. Didn't we dust them? Dude, we were better than that team. Yeah. No, we dusted them the first time. We we got in. Or, like, into, like, the top 20, and they didn't even make it. Yeah, because yeah, I remember we were, like, good at kill races, but then when it came to tournaments, we were like, fuck, dude, this is way more difficult yeah, than we, we thought. We didn't have enough practice, which is fair. But we were also playing, like, like D1 schools. that like That's where people go for scholarships and stuff. And we just, like, created a team out of thin air. It's like, yeah, you can use this room if you want, but... Yeah. Because, like, my last, our last semester, that's why I wish, like, you were closer... Yeah. Because, like, dude, I was in that room religiously. Just, yeah. like, grinding the fuck out of that game. Yeah, I mean, it was a cool room. I mean, in an ideal world, if I could go back, I'd get definitely a scholarship for esports. Or, <laughs> That's what I'm saying, dude. Or golf. Because, dude, it started funny. with, well, I mean, even though there's another team, like, me, you, and Parker literally created, like, a movement for yeah. that area. Because now they like, have, like, 12. But not forget it either. <laughs> Especially if they blow up even more. Yeah. But yeah, I mean that was a fun time. Again, I wouldn't change much about college, but there's a yeah. few things. Were the classes crazy at Mizzou? Because when I went on tour, they showed a economics class, and that was like 200 students deep. 
I mean, as a f- freshman who was there for one semester, I would say my classes weren't crazy. Right. But, I mean, actually, I mean, my major at the time was uh, graphic design, and every art class at Mizzou is three hours long. So all my graphic design classes were three hours long. Every day or every other day? Every other day. But I also, but I had I was in three, and there was two one day, and there was one another. So it was like four days a week. There was a three-hour class at least. Yeah. But, the, I mean, it's, it was like fucking drawing and sculpt. Like, it was easy shit for me at least. But yeah, the classes were not hard, but that comes into... Uh, um, the social life and the other things like the frat or going to the rack a lot like that would play into grades which is ultimately why I left was right. so is that what you went to Mizzou for is graphic design and then because you're transferring to the Mary you switched to sports management I actually switched my major one month before I mm, it was kind of like that time where you get your classes for the next semester. Uh-huh. And I I told him I was like I don't want to do I don't want to do graphic design anymore. Like this thing these 3-hour classes are wearing me out. I can't do it. They're like, "All right, what do you like?" And I was like, well, "I like sports." I like the sport management. Do you think you would be good at that? I was like, "Yeah, I think I'd be good." So that's where I switched cuz I thought I was going back for another semester and was just going to start taking classes at Mizzou for it, but then turned out that over that winter break, I was like, okay, I need to. I was like, I'm failing all my classes, like, or the easy ones. I should say, like, I was failing psychology, which is just bullshit. Like, psychology was easy as fuck in Johnson County. Yeah, I mean, so I decided I was going to transfer, texted every coach that ever recruited me. Uh, I mean, it's not like there was a lot, but. Right. I just texted every single one, and the only one that responded was Coach Brown, and they're like, yeah, we'll take you, and then went to MCC for a semester while I waited for that next fall, and... Is that where you just got, like, your some of your basics out of the way? Yeah, I was, like, I retook psychology and did some, like... Was it the MCC by the plaza, or the one yeah, that's, like, by the lake? The one by, uh... Like, like deep in Missouri. No, it's like on the way to Liberty. It's like not too far from here. But yeah, I took some like elected type classes. That when I got St. Mary's, that uh, I'd be in more sport management. That's that's ultimately how I graduated early. Right. So. But yeah. Well, some inspiration behind the title, the Midwinter Podcast. We both like Peaky Blinders. Peaky. Peaky Blinders, which I hope they are filming the next movie. Even though they have yeah. So, that's a great series, though. I think, I don't know if I put you on that necessarily. Because I think I watched it during college, and I was like, dude, you need to check out the show. I would assume so, maybe, yeah. I don't really know. Because I think, because I kind of vaguely remember you being like, dude, Alfred Solomons is like my favorite character. Probably, I was like, oh, yeah. dude, it gets better. <laughs> I don't remember when I, or like... Because I think it was during COVID. It's me when I was at home, but, yeah, I don't know. Because that was around the same time you put me on it, or fully put me on Apex. 
Yeah. Because Warzone kind of came out. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, I'm not really feeling it. And you're like, dude, you got to get on Apex. Because I think they were adding Loba. And that was like season five. Yeah. And she was like your favorite for hopefully the right reason. That's the right reason. (laughs) Cecil's wrong reason of liking her. Yeah. And then that was when I met Cecil, which is actually a fun experience because I thought he was white for like what? Oh, a month and a half. Yeah. Until you started saying, you know, the N word. And I remember texting you, like, are you just letting him say this? And then you're like, oh, no, like, he's black. And I was like, dude, what? Yeah. It's funny because Nick sounds more black than. Uh, Nick sounds more like a country boy. When he's actually just like talking normal. That is true because when he's got a deep voice. Like, how do you say, how do you say motherfucker? Me? Yeah. Motherfucker. Like, yeah, so like we both say it. I don't want to say it correctly, but like motherfucker, right? Yeah. Anytime Zyle says motherfucker, he's a motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I like chuckle because I'm like, dude, what? Like, I know he's saying it naturally, but he's like, man, that motherfucker. And I'm mm-hmm. like, dude, this dude is talking so ghetto right now. <laughs> no, those two are two of a kind. But I wish Apex was fun so you could get back into it, but I wouldn't recommend it right now. It, like, gold, dude. We're yeah. playing against predators. I'm good, dog. I don't. Yeah, no, don't. <laughs> like last night, we got killed by a thirty thousand kill bloodhound with seven point five million damage. That's all you, dog. That ain't for me. Your favorite legend, though, is quite the meta. Even That's though they nerfed the fuck out of her. Who Horizon? Horizon. Talk about bee hoppers. I should clip the next one I get killed by. They spam the fuck out of the bee hop. It would make you probably delete the game forever. It's already deleted, dog. I don't even want to... Oh, it's not even, it's not even on the drive no more? It's no, gone. It's gone. It's a waste of space. Speaking of games, what do you think of uh, Spider-Man, dude? Game of the year. Dude, hands down. Cecil said some weird game, and I'm like, dude, it's, leave it up to you to bring up some like, yeah, crazy game. Said some Zelda shit or something. That's he like, said Resident Evil 4, and I'm like, dude, that's like the 30th Resident Evil yeah. remake. Yeah, no, it's, it's Spider-Man. It's the best. I wish they had New Game Plus. I want to continue, like, replay the story mode, but with everything that I've unlocked. Yeah. Because yeah. they have it on the first one. They don't have it on the second one yet. Yeah, I'd probably do that if they did that again. But... What was your, uh, I don't know, favorite moment? That's kind of hard. What was your favorite, like, section? Um... Of the story. You can say the Mary Jane missions. It's okay. Those are the worst. Uh, <laughs> without giving much away, it's when um, I guess when Peter was changing. Oh, like getting moves. saved. Oh, like those was, missions were fun. Yeah. And like the 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 Miles versus Peter mission. That was top tier in my opinion yeah I didn't think they were going to go down that route actually when he, the symbiote started really taking over yeah I was like wow fuck Bully Maguire this shit is crazy yeah no, he was a dick but I loved it I wish uh, rumor is that they're supposed to release a Venom DLC I believe it it was fun playing that sound for like one, one mission <laughs> yeah but you went off you went off for one mission did you ever play the uh because they did some references to the Ultimate Spider-Man game on like PlayStation Two. Oh yeah, yeah. Me and Nick used to play that a lot. Was that? Did you ever beat that game? I don't even know. I think we did at one point, but 
Because me and my cousin, I would always get uh, some, I don't know if it's like the second. What I liked about that game was you could play Venom multiple times, first of all. And like you could actually like kind of eat people, I'll yeah. say. But like my cousin would always get to the Green Goblin chase part. Uh-huh. And we can never get past that, ever. I, I Truthfully, I don't even remember much about the game. I just remember like you could play as different superheroes and stuff. And What is your favorite game? All time? I don't know about all time, but like a game that you're like, whether it was a long time ago, recently, that you're like, dude, I could play this like all day, every day. Say Fortnite, and I'll probably just walk out of here. No, that's, that's actually my least favorite game of all time, which is Fortnite. Speaking of which, me and Cecil and Zai played that the other day. <sighs> what am I going to play? I would say that's tough. I'm I'm like ultimately thinking of the Wii for some reason. Were you like a Just Dance type of guy? I could kill that Just Dance. I could play Guitar Hero forever. Oh, Guitar Hero was tough. Me and my brother were talking about that. I could play some songs in Expert, but like in life, school would be able to play a lot of songs on Expert. My dad could play Expert songs with his eyes closed. I never like I couldn't coordinate my yeah. fingers like that. Yeah, I'm not on that level, but. I could play some. <laughs> the way you said that, I could play some. I mean, yeah, I mean that's probably the game. That or like, like any Guitar Hero game. Yeah, anyone. Yeah, that's not bad. I always say like guaranteed, dude. Like Ultimate Alliance. I don't know if you ever played that or heard of it. It was like the first uh, multiplayer like Marvel game. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Me and Nick. That's what we play. Oh really? Yeah. Dude, that, because a long time ago, me and my cousin Gabriel, we, uh, we found, like, my old PlayStation 3, and he was like, dude, we should see if GameStop sells, like, that game on PlayStation 3, and I shit you not, we called, like, five GameStops, uh-huh. and only one had a copy, and I was like, dude, we'll be there in 10 minutes, yeah. <laughs> we got that, we beat it in, like, one night, Yeah, that yeah, game was so awesome. fun, um, you're also, uh, big into, like, weightlifting too right or just working out yeah working out yeah so C-Bum winning his like fifth Mr. Olympia yeah dude that's that's my go I could watch if you give me a new movie that came out today or a C-Bum documentary I'm taking C-Bum documentary 100% any movie even if it's like your favorite cast you would still take a C-Bum documentary if it's Olympia finale yeah C-Bum documentary all day Dude, I fucking, I Do you watched, know if they're planning one? Yeah, they released it yesterday. I fucking was tearing up in it. Really? Is yeah. it like his whole journey or just this year? It's like it's the it's the final day, final two days of the Olympia weekend and then at the end it fast forwards to him like present day and he like sits down and talks about it. Like how how present he was this year because usually like I can always tell when I'm watching but like he's always like pretty shut off and he knows he's the best so he kind of acts like a, I don't say a dick but he's like he's like almost like arrogant in a way yeah when he's walking around but like this year he was like really happy to be there and focusing on the moments and he was very uh he was like a humble dickhead oh he's a humble dickhead for sure well I don't even think he's a dickhead I just think some of the stuff he says, like his coach tells him, like, hey, let him know. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. 
his coach would be like, let him know it's your stage. So he like he'll fit in stuff, but then he'll laugh because that's not him. Yeah. But especially yeah. I like the question that the uh, I think he was a original bodybuilder mm-hmm. for Olympia where he was like Ronnie Coleman. Yeah, he was like, you know, you have everyone here fighting for second place. Like, yeah. why are you here? And he just was like smiling. And just, I forget what he said, but it's along the lines of like, man, I'm just happy to be here and win this thing for like the fifth time in a row. Well, no, it was like, uh, he was like, with like your fifth year in a row, how are you able to stay motivated and what do you have to do? And he was like, he was just like, I have to beat myself every year because I'm the best in the world because I know these guys are fighting for second place, but I just have to beat me every year and I'll be, I'll be winning every year. Shit. And it's like, yeah, that's champion, dude. Do you uh, do you keep yourself pretty motivated? Uh, I actually, my wallpaper actually is it's, it's a it says discipline is greater than motivation. Right. I used to just rely on motivation all the time, like whether it be like a fucking heartbreak or like oh I'm gonna be biggest thing. Like when I first started, I was coming off a, a breakup as well, but. My my theory was I was like you can miss her and be small, or you can miss her and just be fucking huge. And then if she saw you again, she'd notice how fucking huge you are. <laughs> and that was my motivation. And of course, that doesn't last long when you that's your mindset. But I was gonna say, do you think that's like a for a moment in time? Yeah, it's definitely like a moment thing. But like overall, that's just the false mindset. Yeah, it's a false mindset because it's like. It used to be like that, but then I just started, I realized that it's, like, true that, like, your body is, like, a car. Yeah. And it's, like, if you feed it the right things and if you fucking treat it right, like, you can either be a fucking Lamborghini or you can be a Prius. It's, like, but I'm trying to be a fucking, like, Hummer truck right now. Yeah. Hell yeah. But that's kind of where I'm at with that. Yeah. I don't know. That's kind of what, uh... That's actually a good analogy. I, I don't know if I could explain it better. But definitely, uh, I don't know if giving up was the word, dude. Like, mid, from beginning to, like, mid-October, I, like, uh, didn't want to do shit. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, we had a meeting with an organization for my, like, you know, demo. Mm-hmm. And I walked out of there, and I was like, oh, this is it. Like, once, like if we have this, like, this is all we need. Yeah. Then I started uh, thinking of all like the finances and all this stuff, and I started, I guess, overthinking. Yeah. And I was like, telling myself like, man, I don't know if you want to do this. Yeah. Right. So I was like going through that, and then obviously I was like trying to find you know a new job because my other one was winding down. So like I was applying to all these places, and you know my dad was you know sticking his neck out helping me interview for jobs that don't end up hiring me which is okay right but it's like nothing was going my way yeah and i started like kind of believing where it was like if these things aren't going my way then my own business is not going to succeed yeah right but then it's like kind of like you said like if you're feeding your mind the wrong stuff yeah like you're just gonna not run fully right yeah and then, uh, you know, just got to go back into it. But the weekend of my birthday, you know, October 20th, was a weird weekend because me and my ex, that was the weekend we were going to plan of me going 
to Colorado to be in her friend's wedding that she was in, mm-hmm. and then come back Saturday, and then we were gonna be in the wedding that I was in on Sunday. So like that weekend was even more like I guess depressing because I was like, damn, this is like the weekend everything was supposed to like go, you know, smooth, all this stuff, and I didn't let it affect me right. Like it's my buddy's wedding, you know, so I like you know I lived it up, showed up, how happy I was for him and all that. But it was just another frustration that just like kept bringing me down. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then um, just like a couple weeks ago, my aunt, who I work for now, uh, we like went out to lunch and I was like, uh, just, you know, we were like kind of catching up because anytime we talk, it's always about like my business or like working and all this stuff. And something about that talk was just like, you along the line she said you either do things to satisfy other people or you're and you'll never like feel successful Mm -hmm. or you just got to dig deep and be like this is who i am this is what i want to do yeah you know and it reminded me of uh, when miles morales in the movie was like everyone keeps telling me how my story should go yeah and it's like no i'm gonna do my own thing you know and especially that my advisor uh alonga who owns his own company I was like telling him about it, not obviously like the whole depressed part, but the whole like, what do I do? Like, do I give up? Mm-hmm. You know, like I already feel like a failure, you know? And he was like, a lot of people's mindsets is they think failing is not getting the job. Yeah. You know, is not lifting a, you know, a dumbbell. Yeah. He was like, failing is quitting. Oh, 100%. And, He's like, you know, this is a startup. Like, it's a good idea. You should go with it. He's like, but you won't know till you try. Yeah. You know, he was like, you know, if this was a bad idea, I'd be sitting here telling you, like, don't do it. <laughs> you know? He's like, but the fact that you have everything going your way right now and you are the one controlling the ship, like, who cares what others are saying? Well, that's like the like the Seabum documentary. It's like, uh, he didn't tell anyone, but 10 weeks before the competition, he tore his lap. No shit. Yeah. He tore it just straight off. Ten weeks out. And he talked about it, but he was like, after he walked out of the gym, he was like bawling, crying. And he called his fiance, his parents, his coach. And they, were, they all told him, it was like, dude, you can, if you just quit, like you didn't do it this year, like you could totally do that. Like we won't judge you and stuff like that. But he didn't quit. And fucking won again with a torn lap which is crazy but right that's why I love watching him because he's super humble but he's he's more than like a content creator like he's definitely like a motivator but that goes back to like the discipline over motivation like I could watch a C-bone video before a workout and it could do nothing for me like I could still just not be feeling it I just can't rely on it yeah to to go work out like i just have to be disciplined and knowing that i'm doing the right thing and it's gonna suck but like when it's over it's gonna feel more rewarding than if i just sat there and did nothing kind of thing but so um what's next though so are you just gonna like is the golf course gonna be a full year thing are you are you full-time or no i'm full-time yeah yeah uh winter's tough but doing a lot of stuff over the winter with the golf course so uh i don't know i'm gonna wait it out and see because kind of goes back to earlier but it's like if i quit who knows what will happen 
especially in that space, like you just can never be too sure. People, like a manager could quit somewhere. They could just, they could be planning firings that no one knows about. And so if you quit and something happens, you'll just regret it. So I'll stick it out and keep trying to work my way up. But I think next is uh, kind of just throwing my name into the higher the higher bosses more than I already have about any positions or f- better paying jobs in the company kind of thing. But yeah, I don't know if you knew, but that uh, golf course in Leavenworth is closed. Oh yeah, I knew, and it's a shame because I actually really like that golf course. It was just the management and shit like that was just so bad. And so they, so they closed just because like they couldn't keep you couldn't keep it up. Yeah. It was too far gone, which is just really sucks. But yeah, it was. I knew it was gonna happen. I didn't know it would be this year. I thought it'd been like two years or so. But I thought they would at least give it a shot. But sometimes companies with a lot of money that own a lot of golf courses feel like it's more of a burden than a upside. So they would just rather get rid of it, sell the property, and move on. So. Yeah, from what I saw a few months ago, it was still up for lease. Yeah, I mean... Which I don't know what you could build there other than homes. That's probably what they'll do unless um, like there's a few golf courses in St. Joe where they were like, they looked like that, but a millionaire that lived in St. Joe bought the courses and turned them around himself and fixed them himself. And honestly, it wouldn't be a bad idea if someone in Leavenworth did that because... It's either that course or the one on the base, which not everyone can play. So if you want a golf course to make money, it's not a bad idea. Yeah, that's true. Well, before we end it, let's uh, run through some fun questions that we can ask each other. All right. Okay. Marvel or DC? Marvel. I guess Marvel. Yeah. Um, Both are kind of mid right now, in my opinion. <laughs> like in movies? Yeah. Uh, I'd say Marvel. Yeah. I always tell people when it comes to like heroes, Marvel. But honestly, when it comes to like some crazy deep stories like DC. Oh, yeah. DC, for sure. Um, who would you. I don't know. Who would you take? But Venom or Carnage? Just because I know more about them, probably Venom. I don't know the whole storyline around Carnage. I know yeah. it's kind of the same kind of not but. and if you could play one sport the rest of your life baseball or lacrosse god so I know you're a golf guy and golf's not a sport but you can answer anyway it's hard though ain't it no mm. I mean either one I'm fucking I'm retiring at like age 35 think so yeah. well yeah I guess. How about watching? Yeah, okay. Which one would you rather watch, baseball or lacrosse? Lacrosse. You're such a dick. 1,000%. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. 1,000%. Uh, we both like Zach Bryan. Yeah. And you said a song you would, what'd you say, be buried to? Oh, yeah. Burn, burn, burn. That's burn, a good burn, one. Burn. I actually told uh, Zion Cecil that if I ever die, play Godspeed by Frank Ocean. It's a good one. That is a great one. You could either bury me to Burn, Burn, Burn or Dawn's by Zach Bryan. Oh, Dawn's is really good. Yeah. Uh, Morning Time is also good, but that's kind of a relationship type of song. 
Yeah, I mean, Burn, 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 every lyric is... It's just the best song ever. What's your favorite... I, feel, I don't know if you know it by heart. I assume you do. What's your favorite line? <laughs> Lines. I don't mind just because it's really relatable. I would say... I'd like to get lost on an old back road, find a shady tree in a honey hole, and talk to my grandpa again. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably my song. Or, or the other one is, uh, my exes hate me. Damn my it. My friends all miss me. I want to drown in rocket whiskey. Dude, that's my, that's my favorite one. Anytime that line comes out, I just say it so arrogantly. Or, uh... Get dressed up just to go downtown. Some ego-filled late-night crowd. Yeah. Because I fucking hate downtown. Those bars, oh my god. Especially the line after that where he basically says, like, I still feel alone, like, standing yeah. in the crowd type yeah. deal. It's a great song. Bury me to it. Um, all right, your turn. Oh, God. Uh, Apex. Huh? Oh, I thought you were going to ask what my favorite game was. No. Anyway, carry on. No. Do, do uh, the Chiefs win on Monday? It's home, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Probably going to be rainy. Uh, I heard snow, too. But no one here, it's probably just going to be rain. How much do they win by? Dude, I don't like... I'm superstitious, but... Fuck it. Um, I'm sorry, dude. Like... Oh, yeah, you got called a fake fan, so you'll agree with me either way. Yeah, I'm a fake fan. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, if we, this was last year, I'd say some shit like 35 to 7. Yeah. But, like, considering how Mahomes has, like, the highest turnover rate as a QB right now, mm-hmm. or, like, the Chiefs overall, I'm going to just say, like, 21 to 18. Yeah, but you're a fake fan, so you wouldn't know. Yeah, I probably um, don't even have a say. And then, let's see. If... One artist could drop an album right now. Who would you want it to be? Mm, I almost said J. Cole, but that would be such a head-ass move. Why? Because everyone, I mean, especially, like, people that know me outside of you, everyone knows that, like, J. Cole's, like... I mean, dude, look at my hoodie. Yeah, he's the GOAT. Yeah, and the dude just carried Drake on one of his newest songs, too. Yeah. Um, actually, fuck it, yeah, I'm going to just go with J. Cole. Yeah, that's fair. I would agree. I would also like him to drop. I would say Frank Ocean too, but when Frank Ocean goes MIA, you know the next album is going to be like really, really good. Yeah. I don't think he's ever put out a bad one, in my opinion, but I don't know. You got anything else? Um, no, I think this concludes like our first episode. But no, this is uh, the Midwinter Podcast again, Metro Park, Nicholas Leon. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys on the next one. Peace.